today on CityCast Chicago. It's Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. No, like officially. There was a whole proclamation by the mayor and everything. So let's groove and remember all the ways and reasons Chicago shaped one of the most iconic groups of all time. It's Thursday, September 21st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Singing About. Dr. Trenton Bailey is a professor at Clark Atlanta University and the author of Do You Remember? Celebrating 50 Years of Earth, Wind and Fire. For people not familiar with Earth, Wind and Fire, uh, Dr. Bailey, can you describe their sound? Their sound, I would definitely have to say it's a blend of funk, (laughs) soul, R&B, pop, a little bit of disco in there. Mm Mm-hmm. And overall, it's just feel-good music with a positive message. Earth, Wind & Fire has always been my favorite group. I'm a child of the 70s. So even though I was just a toddler listening to to their music, I had older brothers and sisters, so we always had uh, good music playing in our house. But Earth, Wind & Fire stood out from everybody else. I mean, and it's it's such a beautiful history, the way that they push forward yeah. uh, music through in, in so many ways. But let's let's take it back to the late 50s, early 60s, where we find founder Maurice White. Uh, you know, he he's moving from Memphis to Chicago. How do these two cities come together to help shape his musical background? I am a product of Memphis. That's my hometown. So I know I, I know. I always knew that, you know, Maurice White was from Memphis. So in Memphis, we do claim Maurice White. We don't necessarily, you know, we kind of claim Irving and Fire, but, you know, we definitely claim Maurice White as our native son. So he started out playing, you know, uh, drums in junior high school. He's in the marching band. So he was, you know, a musical, you know, child. So after he graduated, you know, from high school, of course, you know, he moved to Chicago with this, you know, uh, mother, stepdad, and all his, you know, siblings. And for a while, you know, he's, I believe he was going, if I'm not mistaken, he was going to be a doctor at first. But, you know, he wanted, he shifted into music. That was his, you know, passion. So he went to the Chicago Conservatory of Music for a while. He was a session drummer at, you know, Chess Records. What are some of those sounds from the 50s and 60s, whether it's gospel, whether it's jazz, that are really influencing Maurice at this time? Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, gospel because he was raised in a uh, Baptist church and also uh, jazz. Uh, Bill Coran, who was the uh, director of the uh, Afro Arts Theater in Chicago, it was founded in 1967 on, I think it was South Drexel. Uh, Oakwood and Drexel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bill Coran, he had the... Uh, Afrocentric vibe, so that's what he got, you know, that from with his love for Egyptology, you know, symbolism and all that. And actually, when Maurice White, you know, if you know this, you probably do, when he first started his group, it was not called Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'm going to say what it was called, let everyone, you know, purchase the book. And it was a, a very, <laughs> hmm, some people say, <laughs> I don't want to, uh, 
strange name. Uh-huh. The the Salty Peppers. I didn't want you to say that. <laughs> I was going to give it away to the people. He had had some moderate success, you know, with his original group. You know, his brother at the time was here in Chicago. Uh, some of his other songwriting partners. Why, why head west to L.A.? Well, you, well, you know, uh, especially at that time, back in the 60s and 70s, Hollywood was the uh, place to be. People thought that, you know, uh, Los Angeles would help everybody become a star, you know, and do and just do you know better. So he just felt like he, he needed a change. So he went from Chicago to uh, Los Angeles. And we all know that that was a good move for him. Yeah, I, I mean, even 50 years later, that trope of of leaving the Midwest to either go to, to one of the coasts, right? It, it still exists at this time. And when we think of the 70s for Earth, Wind & Fire, at this point, right, 50 years later, we think of it as this, I mean, this rocket ship of a decade, but it really was a roller coaster going out to L.A. I mean, by 1972, you know, they, they, they've sort of hit a wall at this point. You know, what are those early years like for Earth, Wind and Fire? Early years, uh, like you said, they were growing years, you know, uh, learning because the, uh, personnel was, you know, uh, changing, you know, often in. So there was like a, a transition period. It was a, a growing period. Exactly. By 1973, they finally found their niche because Maurice White said you know, he was very particular about the uh, people he wanted in his band. So when he found those, you know, those guys who clicked, I think that's when it finally took off. They realized what the young people at that time wanted, you know, during the 70s, you know, because, you know, the sounds were changing. So and funk was coming into play, but still you had a lot of, you know, jazz, soul, you know, R&B. Yeah. I mean, in 74 and 75, you've got hits like Mighty Mighty and Devotion. You've got uh, some of my favorites, like The Way of the World, Shining Reasons, Star. Shining Star. Uh, one, what is your favorite cut from those, from 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 that run? At that time, I was just a uh, toddler. So my, my favorite was Shining Star. Mm-hmm. Even, even though I was, you know, so young, I understood the uh, lyrics to it. So you knew, you knew it was a hit like everybody else did. So, so Shining Star, I think from th- those from that period, from that transition period, Shining Star was my favorite. That took them to a totally new level because that's the uh, they were the first black artist to have the number one song and album on the Billboard chart simultaneously. They they were rent, they were winning Grammys at this point. They were uh, recognized as one of the, the 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 best artists in the world. How do they adjust to that fame? You know, early on, Maurice is is self confident and shy, but at this time, the group is is challenging what you can see on stage. Maurice understood that uh, they were getting bigger, so he had to uh, you know make his mindset bigger. Like I said, he wanted the uh, concerts to be more grand. You know, he wanted the uh, pyramids. You know, magic and all that. Because he understood, you know, that we got to uh, do this bid because we are big. So, mm-hmm. and they just, you know, roll with it. Each uh, tour got better and better. I mean, towards the tail end of that decade, the song we started this episode out with, September, is another one of these these classic songs. Is there a significance to September 21st? It's Earth, Wind, and Fire Day now. But, but, but was there a significance to it? According to Maurice White, there was no significance to that. <laughs> It just sounded good. It just, it just sounded good. Yeah, it just sounded good. 
just made feel good music and good music would last forever. No matter when it was recorded, if it sounds good, has a good message, it would last forever. By the end, there are things like Boogie Wonderland. The sound has grown. It, it, it's changed in a lot of ways. What would you say Earth, Wind & Fire's impact is on not just Chicago music, but American music? Ooh. Earth, Wind & Fire is a national treasure, even a global treasure. Mm. So th- their impact on music, you know, like they have been sampled by so many, you know, artists. You know, it's just a, a unique sound that Everyone loves the horns, and it was a gift to the world. I mean, I can't explain it, really. Mm-hmm. People just love it. I mean, they uh, a few of the, the group members, Philip Bailey, Ralph Johnson, um, Verdine, right. Right, right, toured long after, um, you know, the, their— their prime years, but, but the group, the group changed throughout the eighties and nineties. I mean, Maurice White fell ill. How, how did the group still remain relevant? Even as you know, the, the years passed and the sound changed. The classic period ended in 83 because Maurice was just, you know, tired of working straight for like 14 years. So he put the band on a hiatus. So in 1987, you know, they realized that people still loved earth, wind and fire. So he, Said, well, let's give it another run at it. You know, some of the old, you know, guys came back, but they also brought in like a couple of new guys. So, System of Survival, 1987. Thinking of you, they had some more hits. And they realized that, you know, they could still tour, not on such a, a grand, you know, scale as it was in the 70s, but they could still. You know, too, and people, you know, love their music. I think Maurice White fell ill around 19, I want to say 90, maybe 91, Parkinson's disease. But like I said, the people still love the, you know, music. And they realized that they could, you know, do that without Maurice. So that's how they carried the name forward. I mean, th- throughout these this 50 years, do you think Chicago gets its its place in their story. I know they moved away, but but it, do you think we can 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 really claim Earth, Wind, and Fire in a in, in such a strong way? I think it does because everybody you know I talk to, uh, they always say, well, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire started in Chicago. <laughs> people always you know say this, so a lot of people do know that he started his band in Chicago, even though it wasn't called Earth, Wind, and Fire then. But people do you know recognize that that's where he got his start. It's you know it's is a big musical star. You all can, you know, claim, make that claim. I'll give it to you. <laughs> what are some of the, the go-tos people have to add to the collection? Give me a top five, give me a top three, no order. What what are, what are five that have to be in the Earth, Wind & Fire playlist? Shining Star, September, Let's Groove, <laughs> Get Away, there's so many. Reasons, devotion, <laughs> single song, that's the way of the world. You know, it just it's so many. I would like for you all to check out their uh, louder music from the 90s and the uh, new millennium because that's still some uh, good music. So uh, check out their later albums and you will love that just as much as, as you do love the music from the uh, you know, classic period. I'll
feel blessed to, you know, have good taste in music, be <laughs> a fan of Earth, Wind & Fire, you know. Just feel blessed. Hey, well, we're going to continue to to celebrate. Hopefully, we can drop a CityCast playlist for people uh, to listen to. Uh, Dr. Trenton Bailey is a professor at Clark Atlanta University. If you got some time, read Do You Remember Celebrating 50 Years of Earth, Wind & Fire. We appreciate you making time for us today. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. Glad I could be here. Before I let you go, some good news. The first South by Southeast Fest is this Saturday at 2 o'clock at Old Time Tap in Hagwish. The fest will feature music, local vendors, and food, and it's put on by the duo behind the Chicago podcast, South by Southeast. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Make sure you're following with our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, and our brand new website at chicago.citycast.fm. I'm going to talk to y'all bright and early tomorrow when I'm breaking down stories with the homies Manny Ramos and all my compos. I'll talk to you then. Peace. I kind of want to do it like one of them 1970s radio jockeys, you know, one of them DJs. Today on CityCast Chicago, it's Earth, Wind, and Fire Day, all my cool cats and kittens. Officially, there was a whole proclamation by the mayor and everything. So let's groove and remember all the ways and reasons Chicago shaped one of the most iconic groups of all time. It's Thursday. September 21st, I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this, oh, this is what Chicago's singing about, baby. Boy, I could have done that. I'd have been cold. Boy, I'd have been cold.